What's up, everybody? It's Ken Making. You're listening to a very special episode of Making a Difference. Now, you know me. Normally, I like to talk about black power, political power, but I'm going to switch things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> want to talk about a different yeah. type of power this evening. want to talk about what I call one of my guilty pleasures. I love Power Man. I have loved the series for a while. You know, look, Power, seasons one through five, you know, great TV, um, you know, as far as it goes, um, you know, uh, crime drama, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, season six left a lot to be desired for a lot of folks. And so some people got off the power train. Um, and, you know, and I get that. But, you know, of course, power since then has, has had a few spinoffs. And I, for one, am just really impressed. I've been, my, my, I'll, I'll put it this way. My favorite spinoff, you know, whether it's the Tommy spinoff force, you know, whether it's the one with Tariq, you know, um, which is, you know, the ghost, uh, the, the latest ghost book and then Raising Canaan. My favorite was always Raising Canaan. And there's a, a very simple reason why the storytelling combined with the 90s aesthetic. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 40. I'll be 41 this year. You know, 80s baby, you know, grew up in the 90s. So, you know, you see the, you know, the, the jackets and, you know, the music and. Raising Canaan to me always did a great job of, you know, just conveying the times. You know, I know folks, you know, said, well, you know, the, the story's kind of slow. And, you know, I, I think people just really don't have a, a sense or appreciation for story building or character development. But now we're here, you know, with Raising Canaan, season three coming to a close. And listen, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen, you know, uh, season three, episode 10, Trust me, I'll let you know when the spoilers are coming. Uh, there aren't going to be any spoilers, you know, for the first look for a good portion of this podcast. We're going to leave the <laughs> the spoilers until the end of the pod, because I know some of you guys haven't watched that episode 10 yet, which if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you watch you watch it, because if it hasn't been spoiled for you yet, I'm fairly sure it will be spoiled for you um, at some point. But in the meantime, between time, I do want to just really use this episode, you know, not to going to, you know, just a great breakdown, just, you know, really just talk about, you know, just some what I think are, are defining moments from power and just, you know, as I kind of look back and just kind of look at things re- retrospectively, um, you know, through this, the, the power series and just kind of cool things when you just kind of look back and have an appreciation for. Um, and I'll start with talking about a relationship between Canaan and Jukebox. That is, of course, a relationship that plays itself, plays itself out rather dramatically in the original power series, but we see the, um, you know, the kinsmanship between, you know, the cousins. And of course, you know, there are times where they, you know, they hate each other, they love each other, they go back and forth, so on and so forth, but you just kind of get this feeling of, you know, you can see the closeness between the two of them. And I, you know, I was, one of the defining moments for me of this season was when Kanan took Juke uh, to the restaurant after, you know, we found out that Juke was, you know, going to be in the singing group. And, you know, we were starting to see her, you know, her singing, her musical talents manifest themselves. And, you know, it was great that moment of, you know, of Kanan and Juke sitting there at the table at this, you know, this fancy restaurant. And, you know, they were, they were really just affirming each other. Now, of course, if you know anything about power, like anytime you have a good moment or good moments, you kind of have this understanding that, you know, the way that power is written is that, you know, good times are going to, 
almost immediately be followed by bad times. Like there's going to be a certain, you know, element of adversity. Like there, there really isn't a time where you can kind of sit back and say, wow, this character is going to have a happy ending or, you know, things are going to end well for, you know, in, in this particular situation. So of course, you know, it didn't take long for, you know, conflict to arise, but the Kenny and the Juke, um, dialogue and, you know, kind of just, just the, um, the intimacy, the affection there, it reminded me of what is m- perhaps, um, I'll call it just kind of the nexus of all possibilities. Just a, just a, a defining moment in power that I never really thought about until I saw that scene with Kanan and Juke. I forget which episode it was, but it was definitely, you know, this season, season three. And I'm thinking about Kanan, uh, you know, Kanan, Ghost, Tariq, and Jukebox in, in the room together. And, you know, Kanan makes a decision. Like, um, you know, Kanan, who's the adult Kanan, played by 50 Cent. And, you know, there's this this kid whom is his rival's son, um, you know, versus his, you know, his cousin, like his, you know, someone he grew up with and he chooses to reek. And I really don't think the gravity of that decision was really felt for me until I saw like raising Canaan. And what ends up happening is that a lot of times, you know, whenever I see Canaan and Juke on the screen together, I go back to that scene and I think about, you know, not so much if it had played out differently, but just the the emotions of that scene. And, you know, of course, you know, Tariq would eventually, you know, kill his father. And so there's just, there's a lot going on, you know, in that moment. But I do want to get back to the, the 90s aesthetic and how I really think, you know, it puts this show over the top. Like there's just such a, a visual, like, and, 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 I mean, I'm certainly biased. Like I said, 80s baby, you know, grew up in the 90s, you know, is is something that I identify with, that I relate to, you know, personally, you know. And, like, it, it definitely, you know, pulled me in in terms of, you know, just the show and just everything that was going on with the show. You know, I even, you know, as episodes are coming to a close, the outros are so dope. And, you know, you hear these, you know, the songs that, you know, are, are obviously relating to the plot you know, of, you know, what might have happened in the episode, but it's just, it's so well done and, you know, and just put together masterfully in this way that just continues to, you know, um, to encourage investment, you know, in what's going on. And I will say this as far as the aesthetic. Now, of course, you know, the MVP of the show is Rock. Like, Rock carries it, no questions asked. You know, every time she's, you know, on the screen, she's a scene stealer because, I mean, she's gorgeous, but also she has, you know, just remarkable acting, acting chops. Um, Patina Miller. But the 90s aesthetic is really the essence of that is, of course, unique, um, who was played by Joey Badass. And now we know, of course, you know, uh, as the season progresses, you know, unique, um, you know, there's a, a tragedy that that befalls unique. Um, he's, you know, uh, look, knocked over uh, by his brother, uh, his look, his his crazy, um, you know, um, OCD. <laughs> sociopathic brother and that was I mean that was one of those you know uh, deaths one of those situations that had people talking like they were they was gonna stop watching the show because Unique was just that type of character who endured you know women find him attractive again you know he just he fits this 90s aesthetic in a way where it's like you know man I always want to dress like that or man I you know I 
the car that you know that someone drove, all of these different types of things, you know, the jewelry that they wore, whatever it was, like you, you probably knew a cat like you knew. Or, you know, if you were into, you know, if you're into hip hop, you're like, oh well that's you know, that's Bobby Brown or, you know, however that works. And losing a character like that on, you know, on the show was, like I said, devastating to a lot of people. And for some folks, or I'll, I'll say it like this, for a lesser show, you know, it would have been a deal breaker to lose someone, you know, of that, um, you know, where you have in, had invested so much in terms of just the character. But Raising Canaan is great because there are so many different characters, you know, where, you know, you you have an appreciation for, you know, their their backstory or, you know, just how all these characters are, are tied together. I mean, we could just look at the Thomas. We could start out with just looking at the Thomas family, you know, and so you're looking at, you know, Rock and Kanan and their relationship, Rock's relationship with her brothers, Marvin and Lou. And so, of course, you know, we we learn about Marvin and Lou and, of course, Marvin being, you know, Juke's dad. And at first, you know, Marvin's just kind of this, I mean, he's just a knucklehead who, you know, is always eating something. And then we watch Marvin make this transformation from, you know, kind of almost a like a bumbling guy, you know, like a henchman, you know, a sidekick to, you know, you know, he asserts himself as a father. And, you know, he really just has has become this this lovable figure. And that is a function, of course, of character development. You know, Lou in the same vein now, you know, of course, Lou is one of these characters. These characters are always interesting. You know, on a on a show, you know, like a you know, you don't call it gangster crime show, whatever type of show, where you have an individual who, I'm not gonna say it's not about the life, but they want something else, and so these characters, all you know, we we often see these characters, you know, as you know, in contrast or in conflict to you know your main uh, protagonist or antagonist, you know, just depending on your, depending on your perspective. But I always liked liked Lou the character because Malcolm Mays, first of all, has done an incredible job with the character. Um, like I said, in terms of investment, in terms of, you know, really showing you the emotional angst um, of Lou, you know, saying, hey, this, you know, you know, Lou was Lou had his heart set on, you know, being a music producer and having that studio. And so, you know, we saw what happened with the Crown Camacho. We saw how Rock, you know, undercut him, which is, a, of course, an, an ongoing theme and why there's resentment between Lou and Rock. And now we see Lou, you know, in season three, largely in this downward spiral. And it's, you know, it's, it's riveting TV. So, you know, we have the Thomas family. Of course, you can't talk about the Thomas family without talking about, and he's, this is a gentleman who's not a part of the family. Well, <laughs> he is kind of part of the family. Uh, Malcolm Howard, who's played by Omar Epps, who is Kanan's father. Um, look, that you know, uh, well, people say, well, you know, De- Defcon's that boy's daddy or whatever. But, you know, we know, having watched this show, um, you know, just how much, um, how important Howard is to the story and just, you know, being a, a, a dirty cop and, you know, all of what that entails. And so, you know, once you get into the Malcolm Howard situation, now you have, you're looking at the precinct and what's going on in that space, you know, with his partner Burke and, you know, all of these different stories. So again, there's just all of this investment just from, and talking about, you know, the Thomas family and, you know, and the and the cops, so and I omitted out of the Thomas family. Um, you know, we're learning. As, you know, in season three, we actually see their mother, who's just an awful individual, and you know, we learn more about their father and you know just some of his musical interests. So we, you know, again, it's just kind of a callback to Lou and you know 
you know, how he gets the, you know, how he got his love for music, you know, honestly. So like I said, it's all these great, compelling ideas, um, or not so much ideas, but just people, you know, there's famous and, you know, and, and Kanan's friends, of course, you know, the series started out with, you know, Kanan's friend D Wiz and, you know, we know what happened with D Wiz and, you know, and how that started Lou kind of on, on this, on his dark path, if you will, all of these, um, different ideas. And I keep saying ideas. I'm sorry, y'all, <laughs> all of these different people, um, who, you know, constitute, you know, just this really cool show. And I'll just say this, I'll just do this real fast and I'll take a quick break. Um, just looking at the three spinoffs, you know, if we, if you just look at the singular characters, um, and Raising Canaan, Raising Canaan is the one show where I don't, I mean, and this may change as the series continues, but right now to me, like Canaan isn't even the most important figure on his show. I feel like Rock is the most important figure on that show. You can't say that about uh, Power Book Ghost because look, we know everything centers around Tariq, even though, you know, there are, Again, you know, people love Kane Tejada and, you know, the Tejada family and all of the, you know, craziness that's going on with that group is still Tariq's show. Uh, Tommy, of course, it's the same thing with Force. Now, the best thing Tommy's show ever did was to get rid of the of the, uh, the Dahlia, uh, Dahlia storyline. Once they got rid of Dahlia and got back to Tommy's roots and, you know, Tommy just being a wild boy, business picked up for that show, you know what I mean? Raising Kanan, to me, has had a steady pace of character development of storytelling. And now that these dominoes have been set up over an extended period of time, we're watching, you know, the dominoes fall and it has been a lot of fun to watch season three, I think may have had one setup episode out of 10, which is crazy because, you know, during the course of a season, you'll have maybe one episode. It's like, oh, that was a slow episode. Or, you know, you may have two. Look, in, in lesser series, you have three. Like, season three, Raising Kane and Start to Finish, man, was, it was hitting. You know what I mean? Like, every episode was like, oh, I can't believe that happened. And, of course, so it went with, um, with, episode, with episode 10. But I've been talking with you guys for 10 or 15 minutes. And what everybody really wants to talk about is the freaking spoiler. So I'll do that after this break. You're listening to Making a Difference. This is Donald Doe and Mike Hill Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, 
He understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William View Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. Welcome back to a special episode of Making a Difference. Uh, this is Ken Making. Like I said, I want to switch it up a little bit. Didn't want to take up too many people's time. Uh, look, I would have got this to y'all a little bit sooner, but Steph Curry just uh, made a crazy game winner against the Phoenix Suns, 113-112. So that was great to see. I was a Warriors fan and Steph Curry fan, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, so forget everything I said before because Unique is back. <laughs> And that's the spoiler. Um, and I forgot, oh, I should have done a spoiler alert, but I mean, I basically gave everybody a 15-minute spoiler alert. So that was crazy, right? So last time we saw Unique, um, you know, Ronnie got the drop on him, which that was a crazy scene because, you know, he turned his back to Ronnie and everybody's like, yo, son, what are you doing? And, you know, that was that. And, you know, hey, Ronnie rolled him down the hill and we, we thought that was the end of that. To see him come in there and... So let's, you know, before we get into the, the unique spoiler, let's talk about uh, episode 10 um, and how it was a masterpiece. How, wow, it was just, you know, one uh, cliffhanger after another, you know, one, you know, somebody trying to get the, you know, trying to get one up on somebody else. You know, we, I'm trying to think about, I'm trying to think of what's a good place to start. Well, I'll start here. The Thomases are, are, are still undefeated. So, you know, we have Lou and Lou's in a situation where, you know, he's in he's in rehab. We, you know, hey, you know, Lou was basically begging for his life at the end of episode nine. We see him in 10. He's in rehab, which is great for Lou because, you know, it kind of gives him, you know, a chance to deal with, you know, some of his demons, obviously alcoholism and, you know, just a guilty conscience, all these things, which does not stop him, you know, from attempting to kill himself, which he is unsuccessful in that attempt. Um, and like I said, I, I love Lou the character. Um, that was, oh man, just this whole season's really been gut wrenching for Lou. Like we've seen this descent, um, by him and I, you know, I know people will, you know, complain in the forums, in the chat rooms, like, you know, Lou's really falling off. Lou's gotten soft. And it's like, no, nah, that's, this is what happens when you have somebody who, you know, just <laughs> did not want to, you know, engage in this life. You know what I mean? Like this is Rock's baby brother and, and what a dope scene at the rehab center between, you know, Rock and and Lou and obviously they've had their differences, but there's a love there and, you know, all of that being conveyed through the, you know, contextually through this idea of therapy and, and healing was really cool to see um, Marvin, you know, Marvin, we we see him, you know, still being just un, untouchable of sorts. It, it just feels like, you know, him turning his life around and with the obvious exception of, you know, the Sal hit, you know, we're seeing Marvin is like I said, just really being a, trying to be a father to everybody and, you know, hey, and this is even as, you know, his his past, you know, is steadily, you know, creeping up on him. So, you know, we have the, the Thomas family really beating the charge or beating charges or, you know, um, you know, just beating everybody. Uh, and so, you know, we find ourselves at this, you know, climactic point where you have um, Rock and Marvin. Um, at, you know, at this somewhere, you know, somewhere how some, you know, far, far off spot where they meet up with Kanan and Ronnie. And it looks like that, 
um, that they've gotten the drop on Rock and Marvin, which of course, excuse me, Rock, Marvin, and Howard. And of course, that's not what happened. Um, so you know, Rock throws Ken in the money, and it's supposed to be like a, you know, they're trying to buy their way out of this out of a situation, and you have Ronnie here who's thinking like he's finally hit the lick. Hey, I beat my brother. You know, I beat the game. I'm finally coming to some money. And then Kanan's like, nope, blam. So now Ronnie's out the paint. So <laughs> Kanan's thinking, hey, it's me. You know, it's my mom. It's, look, my mom and dad. And, yeah, about that. So Rock looks at Howard. And, of course, you know, Howard hasn't been entirely truthful and forthright about what's going on. And, you know, so Rock is always going to choose the family over, you know, look, family overfed. So blam, Howard's out of here. And so now you're left with Kanan, um, Rock, and and Marvin and of course you know Rock once again you know has basically gotten the drop on Kanan and you know all of this plays out and you know as the scene is you know coming to a close that we see this you know see some black boots walking up and they pan the can you know the camera pans up and it's unique look look, look lump lumped up head unique uh, look uh, clearly uh, brain trauma affected. Uh, head trauma affected unique and look crowd goes crazy but listen y'all i don't know what is gonna happen this season four i can't wait <laughs> i really can't um love this show man um that is you know just all of the, the different elements like we're at this place now you know where you know like i said aside from just the familial stuff like you know that we're you know the chinese restaurant components um, you know, they're just all of these different players, man. And the show really does a good job of making even the smallest characters seem important. And, and like I said, I just think that is just part of the, the, the raising, uh, raising cane and charm. Um, you know, even the butter, you know, oh, it's butter, look, butter, butter, which, you know, is kind of a, kind of a knock on, you know, nineties pop girl group, um, or rather nineties R and B girl group, you know, TLC type and, even that's just, you know, it's just something that just adds to, you know, what the show is trying to convey. And, you know, like I said, just the 90s, 90s aesthetic and, you know, just obviously the other, you know, uh, crime drama and, you know, character development, familiar elements. But Razor Canaan, man, dope show. Like I said, just wanted to kind of do a change of pace pod real quick. Um, it's still making a difference. It's still can't making. Still love. I got some dope things coming up here uh, in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Like, follow, share, all that jazz. Love y'all so much. Peace and God bless.